We're told the first brass band in Reading, Pennsylvania was organized in 1814. From that time until 1852, several bands flourished for a while, the Reading Military Band and afterward the Mechanics Brass Band having been quite prominent. In 1852, 18 men of Reading, who were mostly mechanics but fond of instrumental music, associated together and organized a band which they named the Ringgold Brass Band after the Ringgold Light Artillery with which the men were members. John A. Hook was the leader, and when the Civil War broke out, its services were tendered to the government. Mr. Hook was still the leader, but nearly all the other original members had withdrawn. It was connected with the 25th Regiment PV and served the term of its enlistment three months. The Ringgold Band accompanied the state fencibles of Philadelphia to the centennial celebration of Bunker Hill, and by special request of the commissioners, it participated in the opening ceremonies of the Centennial at Philadelphia in 1876. In 1878, it took part in the Centennial Celebration at Valley Forge. In 1881, it was attached to the 1st Brigade, NGP, with 35 members. And in that year, it was detailed to accompany a provisional brigade as an escort to the Pennsylvania governor and members of the legislature at the Centennial Celebration at Yorktown. Besides these great occasions, the Ringgold Band led political clubs in parades at nearly all the inaugurations of the Presidents of the United States and of the Governors of Pennsylvania since 1852. That from the history of Reading, Pennsylvania, 1748 through 1898, compiled in 1898 by Morton L. Montgomery. In those days, brass bands like the Ringgold had ceremonial functions and added to the sense of community through their spirited performances, and they surely had people on their feet, not only cheering, but moving along to and with the various marches. That was then, and this is now. There will be a brass band growing out of a tradition of parades and celebrations, marches and more from New Orleans. And when they play in Reading this Friday at the opening night celebration concert at the fifth annual Reading Blues Festival, they'll have people on their feet moving along to their blend of traditional brass band music with jazz, funk, R&B and soul it's the Dirty Dozen Brass Band, founded 125 years after the Ringgold Band. We had a chance to speak by phone with John Ernesto, who is the artistic director of the Reading Blues Festival, about what's brewing. 
we're getting ready to celebrate our fifth anniversary of the Reading Blues Festival. And when we decided to do it, the Burks Arts has been successful with the Burks Jazz Fest. It started in 1991. And there was uh, some people in the community who said, why don't we start a blues festival? So Burks Arts took on the challenge. And then we started it, and we got off to a fairly good start, and and COVID came, and (laughs) so we kind of got it sideways for two years. We lost one festival we managed to get last year in, so now we're back for our fifth Berks Blues Fest, even though we did lose one, but it's the fifth annual Reading Blues Festival, so... It's been an interesting journey, but we're, we're very optimistic that this, this year is going to be really successful. Early indications are that fans are excited, ticket sales have been steady and good, so we're meeting all our projections, so we're very optimistic. You are someone who knows how to organize, but you also are a lover of music, and you've talked with us in the past about all the kinds of music that you like, and you also have a good sense about what audiences might like. Who's going to be with you this year? Whom are you really excited about? Well, I mean, I'm excited. There's some artists on the festival I have never seen perform live, like Dawn Tyler Watson. I've never seen her perform live. Sugar Ray Rayford I did see, but I, I really love his his music. And then Tad Benoit, it's been a long time since he, he played the jazz festival years ago, but he hasn't been with us for a long time, so... That opening night show, which we build the uh, rock, stomp, and swamp, Tad Benoit, Jerry does a brass band, and Lightning Malcolm, is going to be really an exciting show. It's, it's been a, a lot of interest in that in, in that concert. It's going to start off with the Dirty Dozen Brass, who are their set, then Lightning Malcolm and Tad, one other member from the band, Tad's going to play drums for Lightning Malcolm. They're going to play a short set, and then the Tad Benoit show starts. So it's a pretty interesting evening, and uh, we're excited about that. And you have some solo acts like Dave Keys. What I like about this festival is it's consolidated at at the Doubletree. There are a few events around town, but the main thrust is at the Doubletree. And we have four major shows at the Doubletree in the main ballroom, but we also have great entertainment for free. At the Cheers Lounge, like we had BC and Joe Mack, we had BC Blue, now you mentioned Dave Keith, we have Benny Turner and Devell Crawford. So fans can come to the festival and see quality acts free as part of, you know, in between all the ticketed events. So we really like the format we're developing, and I think it has a lot of potential to grow. And Vanessa Collier is someone who has taken off like a lightning bolt, hasn't she? Yeah, Vanessa's, you know, she's played with us at the Jazz Festival and the Blues Festival in the past. She also did some shows in the community. Yeah, so I have a lot of respect for Vanessa and how she's uh, attacked her career and, and really has made a name for herself. I'm really happy for her. I'm very happy for her. And folks up this way know Clarence Spadey for sure. Yeah, yeah. Thursday night we're having an official kickoff, the community kickoff concert. It's at a venue called the Reading Leader Crunch. It's in the hills of Mount, of Mount Penn. And the group that's preserved, they do a lot of work preserving the, uh, the area. They're doing a show in streets with Clarence, Spady, and the Electric City Band. And the Burke's Horn, three-piece Burke's Horns, are working with Clarence. Then there's an opening act, the Busker Incognito Trio. 
which is very good. And uh, they're going to do a little blues jam before the show, before the main event. So that's going to be a, a fun night. You know, it's a chance for everybody who's working with Burks and our, our team to go that night and relax and enjoy the music and have a good time. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're pretty fortunate that the Burks Arts Organization has a great team. Uh, Justin Heinbecker is the executive director and Gary Spencer has been the production manager for many years, and Tish Davis just joined the team. She's an operations manager for all events, and Amanda East is on the staff now in an administrative role. So we have a real strong team. Obviously, we have hundreds of volunteers. For the Blues Fest, we don't have as many as for Jazz Fest, but we have a great volunteer team to help us make this all work. Without the volunteers, we couldn't do this. And also the Doubletree staff, they, they really... Step up for the Blues Festival. And you don't leave us at Saturday night because you take us into Sunday. Oh, yeah. Well, Sunday, uh, we, we have our traditional blues buffet at the Double Tree in the main ballroom. And it features the Blood Brothers, Mike Zito and Albert Castiglia. And that that's that's always a fun event. And earlier in the morning, Michael Clark comes down and he does a, a Q&A, a conversation with some of the artists who are in town. And uh, so... That's in the amphitheater at the Double Tree. So there's a lot to keep people busy. We try to, on Sunday, we try to get people on the heading home early because of a long weekend. And so the breakfast for the day starts at 10.30. The show starts at noon. The concert will be two hours. So by 2 o'clock, the festival will be over. And then people can get on their way home and, and with it getting darker earlier. It's, it's, it's a nice thing. We're really excited and looking forward to the festival. Tell us where we find you on the web. Just go to readingbluesfest.com. Uh, we just launched a brand-new website. Very informational. I'm, I'm really proud of it. At readingbluesfest.com, you can get your tickets right there. Tickets will be available at the event each day, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There will be a box office in the lobby of the Doubletree. And all the information on the artists, you know, there's a whole visitor's guide on there for fans coming to town because there's a Christmas parade in the morning on Saturday, which really does an impact. We want people to be aware of it, how to drive into Reading on Saturday morning, and all the details about parking and parking authority. And so so people have a real understanding. They get here, they don't come in cold. If they look at the visitor guide, it gives them all the details they need to know about the Blues Festival and how to make their experience better you know we get the holiday season all of <laughs> and we kick off the holiday season which is which is kind of fun yeah it, you know we found a niche in november we're in august we were in october one time but you know it just works for the hotel and everybody so we found this niche and it seems to be working it's hard to really make judgments based on the, the years we've done it because of the, the interruption from covid so and we lost momentum now, this year, I think it's going to give us a barometer, a template, you know, where we can go with this. And uh, I'm excited that we were able to start the Blues Fest. You know, it's it's good for Burke's Arts. It's good for the community. It's good for tourism. So that, that's that's what makes keeps me wanting to do these events, because it brings people to downtown Reading into our community. And that's what it's all about. To me, that's what has to be positive opportunities in our community. John Ernesto, Artistic Director of the Reading Blues Festival, now in its fifth year. It's 
speaking with us about the events that will take place this weekend. Getting underway Thursday with an evening concert. It's the Community Kickoff Concert at 6, featuring Clarence Spady and the Electric City Band and the Burke's Horns. And then on Friday, November 18th, that's the official opening. There's a welcoming party at 5 at the Doubletree, and that's for free. And then this group, the Dirty Dozen Brass Band, will be part of the opening formal concert. Rock, Stomp, and Swamp. There's an after party. Things get underway Saturday morning. Wake up to the blues with Benny Turner and Davel Crawford, and that's in the amphitheater, and that's free. Dave Keyes is familiar to lots of people in this area. He gets the blues lunch crowd stomping, and that's at 11.30 on Saturday, November 19th. And the blues dinner is 4.30 and 6. And then at 8 o'clock, it's a grand ballroom performance with Eric Gales and Dawn Tyler Watson. Sunday, 9 a.m., it's a conversation with the artists hosted by longtime blues aficionado and producer Michael Claren. That's free. And at 10.30, there's a buffet. And noon, the show, the Sunday Blues Brunch with the Blood Brothers, Mike Zito and Albert Castiglia. And that's in the Grand Ballroom. For more information about the 5th Annual Reading Blues Festival on the web, and that's ReadingBluesFest.com. ReadingBluesFest.com, held mostly at the Doubletree by Hilton in downtown Reading. For more information on the web, it's ReadingBluesFest.com, and November 17th through the 20th. 